is, is the, the Christmas, by the, according to children, will be after worship. And then I'll tell you about the other worship. Was this put in E or S? I don't know. Okay. Why'd you pull it out? Scott, while you're back there, would you turn off the sanctuary lights? There we go. Let's go ahead and turn them off. It's it's nice and it's nice and pretty that way. Mm, check one two. Good morning, everyone. Hey, Merry Almost Christmas. Yeah. It got unplugged. There we go. How are you this morning? You good? Good. Would somebody open the service this morning in prayer? Who is a volunteer? Whoever said that? There, thank you. Thank you, Steve. to do some Christmas songs this morning and, and part of our worship so we need to so let's stand as we worship and sing this morning joy to the world the Lord is come let earth receive her let every heart prepare in room and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their song implore while fields and floods rock fields and plains repeat the sounding joy repeat the sounding joy repeat repeat the sounding joy he rules the world with truth and grace and the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love 
sing joy to the world again. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing.
about his love as we sing this song oh how great is his love for you and I let's just be in his presence and try to receive that love this morning over the mountains and the sea your river runs with love for me and I will open up my heart let the healer set me
I will sing of your love. I will sing of your love forever. 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 Above all, 
season as this Christmas season is upon us father we need you we need a touch I need a touch God I just pray that we would each realize and understand how great you are father we pray that you would bless the rest of the service so our time together let your presence be here in Jesus name amen amen We have a little video to show you this morning. We have a couple, actually. Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, The only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, A new baby is getting born who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through 
a bunch of grass and bushes. Maybe have to camp out at night. And then the wise man heard about it, and then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, to have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's going to be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby i ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is going to change the world. is this uh, Saturday night, next Saturday, and it starts at 6 p.m. It's about an hour long, and I you know, hope that all of you can, if you're not traveling, that you'll be able to come and bring your families and be able to celebrate together uh, this Christmas Eve. be a great time. We'll do a lot of uh, the traditional Christmas songs. We'll light the candles at the end of the service. We'll have the traditional uh, candle lighting service all around the room, and and it should be a, a nice time, six to seven. Um, let you, if if you any of you are working, you can get out of work and, and come to be part of that, and then still get home in time to um, wait for Santa. <laughs> and so that's that's a big one. Um, uh, on Sunday morning, December twenty fifth, Christmas, um, we're, we will have no service here. Um, so I encourage you just to. Be with family. If you do want to go to church, there's only one church that I know of up here that's doing service, and that's Calvary Chapel. Um, there could be others, but I don't know of anyone else besides the Catholic Church at Midnight Mass, and they probably has a, a service Sunday morning too. Yeah, most of the services aren't. Um, at 9.30, we'll, I will just do a, a little something come online on, on the Facebook and on the, um, on the webpage just to greet people and, and maybe read the Christmas story and, uh, and just kind of do that briefly. What I want to encourage you is, is um, if, if you know of somebody who's in your group or close to you who's not going to have anybody with them on Christmas, invite them to your place. and Or get together somewhere and uh, be thinking of those uh, people who may, maybe don't have a place to be, but we want to make sure we're loving on the family. Amen. <sighs> um, it's been an interesting morning, and it continues to be so. So forgive me, my thoughts are a little scattered. 
Um, and so uh, Bobby had a quick um, something she wanted to share. So let's do that real quick. I don't know. Yeah, you can. Forever. Yep. <laughs> um, most of you know that I have PTL Plus, which is the history store in Pittsburgh and East Pittsburgh. This year, uh, the Lord spoke to my heart <coughs> and to do something I had never done before, do the ministry. And that was to buy an ad. That way they can hear you online now to purchase an ad on KBIM. and But the focus of the ad is Jesus is the reason for the season. And I thought, well, okay, and I'm going to be there all week. And <coughs> I thought, well, even if <laughs> nobody comes, like sometimes happens like this week, I had one customer, but if nobody comes all week, I'll be open from 10 to 5. The theme, the reality of Jesus being the reason for the season needs to be spoken, and it's going to be spoken on the air. So if any of you hear it on K-Bear, take a moment to praise the Lord that there are hundreds of people who have never heard that that will be hearing it. So in Jesus' name, we claim a victory in the airways that people will be stirred up and know that Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. probably have some ushers in the back um, so we'll get, as they kind of get ready and as you get ready for your your tithes and offerings we'll receive that in just a minute um, I kind of just wanted to share a couple things there's a number of places um, that we need people to help serve in and uh, you could serve in um, so I encourage you to pray and, and think uh, some of the things that we are having issues with is setting up the snack. Um, people just to come and make the coffee and set things out. Um, it's, it's falling sometimes too often on the same person. So if, uh, if you could maybe be thinking about that, you could do it once a month. You could get with somebody else who wants to do it with you every other month. And then between the two of you could do it once a month. Um, so stuff like that. Um, of course, snacks and things. Or we can just, we can just get rid of the coffee and the snacks altogether. And well, no, but I mean, anyway, so, so I mean, that's an option. That's an option. Um, and so, but be thinking about that. Um, we don't want to fall on the same people every week. Um, the other one, just there's a lot of, honestly, there's a lot of places to serve. Um, helping check, check children in on Sunday mornings, turning on the computer so that it can be, um, yeah, that too. Um, so that, that can be done. Um, you meet greeting visitors, you know, at the check-in so they can help them get to the, the rooms, we need some, a few more ushers. Pretty much we have the same people doing it every week, taking, you know, offering and just greeting people at the front. Um, you know, there's even, you know, people who come shovel and, and just quite a bit, 
quite a bit. So I don't know if you noticed this morning and most Sunday mornings, I'm running around fixing that computer and fixing that computer and doing worship and then doing the message and I'm tired. I'm just tired. <laughs> so so let's, let's get some people who can, if we could. Um, I know some of it's technologically, so, you know, that's a, that can be a thing. Um, but uh, with, with that, I want to give an opportunity just to, to give. As, uh, this is kind of our last of the year, end of the year, um, giving for the, the tithes and offerings this year. So let's just pray that God will continue to meet our needs, which he has done. Um, a far out announcement, we will have our end of the year business meeting at the end of February. So that's a couple months away um, where we'll look at the budgets and things. But as of right now, you know, God was very, very faithful this year and met all of our needs. We, it, was, it was good. And we'll talk more about that in February. But, uh, um, but let's just continue to pray for his leading and his guiding and, uh, and providing. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to bring what you've blessed us with into the storehouse, God. And um, we just pray that you would bless us, the offering. And um, uh, we just we want to see the kingdom of God established in, in Big Bear. Father, and uh, we, want you, we want to be open for you to use us here, God, in this body at the Journey Church. So we want to open ourselves up to, to, to use us, God. Send us out. Father, I know that one of the ways that you can uh, do that as we give, Father, is to provide. Um, and Lord, but I just pray that, that your kingdom would, be, would come, your will would be done in this place, Father. Father, as we give, um, bless it. Father, we, we know that there's people in this valley who desperately need hope, desperately need a word from you, desperately need Jesus. Help us to be uh, that voice, God, to help people as they find their way on this journey that we call life. Father, bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I hope that we have the right video queued up. I think we do. The, uh, the Kids Zone has been working on a, a little Christmas skit uh, that Elise Valenzuela wrote, and she is taking Mikey to the airport this morning. And that had a whole bunch of hiccups getting this whole production done. They were going to do it live, but a whole bunch of the parents weren't going to be here, and then the sickness. And so we had to kind of go on the, the, the back thing, and we filmed that on Thursday night, and that was a lot of fun. Thanks for all of you who came and tried to, to, to get that to happen. And so this year, instead of having a live performance from our Kids Zone kids, um, we're going to watch it on video. So, so let's, let's spend it. It's, it's about six to eight minutes long, and let's do that. obeyed him. One night, she was visited by an angel of God. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and you will be called the Son of the Most High. But how can this happen? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and called the Son of God. I am Jesus, 
servant of God. May everything you said come true. Mary was engaged to a man named Joseph. He was very shocked by this, but after being visited by an angel of God, he vowed to marry Mary and take care of the baby. Right before baby Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem. in the sky and an angel of God told shepherds in far off fields the news about the baby, the son of God. Wise men and shepherds decided to go praise and bring gifts to the newborn king, Jesus Christ.
Oh, thank you. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Elise did a good job working with the kids. Thanks for everyone who came and helped and made that thing happen. Amen. Well, as I said, we, we are on our final week before we come back uh, for Christmas Eve to celebrate on Christmas Eve. And we've been talking about over the last few weeks, the, the four weeks of Advent. We talked about the hope that's found in Christ that this season represents the hope of his second coming. Uh, we talked about the peace that Christ brings, a, a relationship with him through all the storms that we can have that peace. We talked about the joy um, in, in circumstances because we know uh, who he is and who we are in him. This morning, we want to focus on uh, the gift of love and the idea of love during Christmas. And really, at the heart of Christmas, these four words are there in, in love is definitely um, at the heart of Christmas. Christmas exists at all because God so loved us, the world. Uh, I know that some, a uh, few pastors, myself included, encourage people when they hear that verse, for God so loved the world, to put your own name in there occasionally. Just, just to say that and say, for God so loved Rob that he gave his one and only son. It changes it and it helps us to realize that that God loves me personally. So the message of Christmas for us to understand is love, and it's also the message that the world needs to hear, is that there is love, and this world is, is definitely needing love. Amen? Amen. It, it's, uh, it's so much more, and we, we do tend to get lost, or we can get lost in all the gifts and the decorations, the parties, and, and miss the central focus of Christmas, and, and that's the coming of Jesus that represented our life and our hope. And uh, so that's why we're celebrating this Advent season. Um, so, and for some of you, at the end of service, we're going to be doing something special. We're going to be receiving um, the new members. Uh, I just thought that I'd throw that out real quick. There's a number of people who want to uh, they've taken the membership class and they want to come and, and um, become a member. So we're going to be doing that right at the very end uh, of the message before we, before we go. It's going to be actually part of the service. But, you know, as, as, uh, as you're getting ready for Sunday morning and, and, and Christmas, I don't know if you still get gifts or not. As, as we get older, we tend to give more gifts than we receive. Um, but uh, have you ever had a gift that you didn't know exactly what to do with or more like what to say when they gave you that gift? It's just one of those, those gifts like you go, wow. So um, just for fun, I just thought I would kind of give us some, some um, ideas of things to tell people when you get one of those gifts. You know, so, so, uh, so we'll start at the top. Number eight is this. Wow, well, 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 that's a gift. <laughs> Number seven would be, uh, no, really, I didn't know that there was a Chia Pet tie. <laughs> and it's a clip-on, too. 
Number six, you know I always wanted one of these. Jog my memory again. What's it called? <laughs> Number five, I'm going to find a special place for this. Some of you have used that one for sure. Number four, boy, you don't see craftsmanship like this every day. Right? Kind of a, avoiding the whole thing there. Number three, that's such an interesting color. Number two, and you say that was the last one? I'm sure glad you grabbed that for me. And finally, the last, another, the last one you can say to people is, you shouldn't have. <laughs> no, I really mean that. <laughs> you shouldn't have. So, so that might prepare you a little bit for some of these Christmas gifts that may be coming to you. Uh, some of you are even thinking of, of the people who tend to give those gifts. In our family, it was Grandma Anne. And she gave the strangest hand crocheted everything just and and that's when we say bless their heart <laughs> bless their heart anyways um but giving is is what we celebrate at christmas and the idea of giving presents is is an okay thing um i know that there's uh, some people who who you know don't really want to give presents to one another um it represents the greatest gift that was given to us and that's Jesus. Uh, there's a big, another big move now. This generation's coming up. They want to get rid of Santa Claus, not for Christian purposes. They just want to get rid of Santa Claus because we shouldn't be lying to our children. And um, so let's just get rid of Santa. I, I don't want to live in the future where all this is, is happening. Um, but as I was thinking about Santa for parents, I don't think we have any kids in here. We don't, we don't have any kids. I don't want to spoil anything if that's what you do in your house. Um, parents who, who give gifts in the name of Santa, if, if you think about this, it's actually a beautiful uh, thing because what you're doing is you are giving something of value to your children, wanting nothing in return, no recognition, no thanks, because Santa Claus gives all the gifts. I, I, I do remember when I was little one, you're kind of going, wow, my mom and dad don't get me anything for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, that's a beautiful sentiment that you would love your children and not need anything in return. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God gets nothing out of the deal when he shows us his love. He, he's not some egomaniac who, who wants us to praise him and thank him for his glory. He loves us. The Bible says that, that he loved us. We didn't love him first. That he, while we were still sinners, loved us and called us to himself. The greatest showing of love comes through that, and it can be expressed in the giving of gifts without any expectation. I want to encourage you, not just at Christmas time, but throughout the year. It's something some of you may have to fight, which, which I have to wrestle this down. When somebody gives you a gift, a birthday gift or something, 
Sometimes you feel like you need to give a gift back. The problem is the moment you do that, you've robbed the idea of the gift giving. See, gifts are supposed to be given and received freely without any strings attached. And, and I would just want to encourage you, if you ever want to give me something with a string attached, keep it. <laughs> keep it. You know, gifts are for, for are giving, um, and they're just given freely out of, out of love and out of, out of care. And so sometimes as the receiver of gifts, we have to fight this thing down, going, well, now I feel obligated and have to give something back. And, and we need to sometimes wrestle that down and maybe change and say, you know, maybe I don't need to give something back, but maybe I should give something because I love them. And, and work and change that through. Giving is a wonderful part of Christmas, especially if we can understand why we give and really understand the gift that God gave us in Jesus Christ. When God sent His Son to be born, it was an expression of His unfailing and relentless love toward us. Uh, his love is a gift that's thoughtful because it meets our greatest need. Our greatest need is our sinful state. You know, when, when you're giving gifts, uh, if you go out and go buy gifts, I, I like to think, what could they really need? What do they need? What could they really use? I like to give gifts that, that would bless somebody. Um, and it's really nice to get something that they need and that, that's coming right at the, the right time. Well, at just the right time, God gave us a gift, and that took care of our sinful state. And it's a priceless gift because it could never be purchased outside of Christ's blood, outside of Christ's gift for us. It's, it's a priceless because only Christ could pay that price. It's also a timeless gift. It's a timeless gift because the grace of God is never-ending. If you go to go buy somebody a gift, if you could try to, if you could give somebody a priceless gift, isn't that wonderful? And how about a gift that's that's timeless, that will never fade, that will always be relevant? The gift of salvation is timeless. The gift of God's grace never ends. We can never use up His grace. At the heart of Christmas is love showed through Christ coming. To earth. Have you ever received a present from somebody that came at just the right time? It's, 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 I, I do, you know, I enjoy getting gifts. Sometimes I actually struggle with receiving gifts. I'm getting better at it. I, 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 it just makes me feel, I don't know, weird. Like, you know, okay, so I, I'm getting better at receiving it. And if, and if I'm in a good place, um, I, I can really enjoy that, but, but when something comes at just the right time, it's wonderful. I've told this story before, but a gift that came to us at just the right time was many years ago when we were on the mission field. We were in, uh, living in Guatemala. We had come home um, to, to visit friends and family. We were here, at the church, uh, here in Big Bear for a while, and then we were going up north. The night before we were leaving, we had done our presentations at the church and preached and and shared about the ministry, and, and uh, the night before we had to drive all the way up to Monterey to go visit Shannon's family, um, I started looking at our finances and reconciling our checkbook, and there was a ma massive error in, in the reconciliation, and when I corrected it, I found out that we were broke. We had zero, I mean zero in our account, nothing, and uh, 
we were driving to Monterey the next day. We didn't even have gas money. And we're like, how are we going to do this? And so I, I you know, because I'm I, I in charge of the, the bills usually, and so I'm looking at that, and I told Shannon, I says, Shannon, we're broke. We have no money. And, and she's like, oh, I don't forget the first response. And I'm like, you don't get it. We can't even buy gas for tomorrow. And she's folding the clothes, putting them in the suitcase, and she, she, just, she says, well, God will just have to provide. And like, well, he better do it tonight. You know, that was the, the faith. The faith in me was just big that night. It was just, just really good. And so uh, we, we go to bed. We wake up in the morning, and um, Linda Stengel was, uh, had, had, I'd worked at the school district before I went to the mission field, and she says, hey, um, come by and get your W-2 or whatever it was um, for taxes and, uh, before you leave. And I said, okay. And so I went to the district office, and she came out to, to meet me, and she handed me an envelope with my W-2 thing in it. And she goes, listen, Joe and I, the whole time you've been on the mission field, we'd already been there about 14 months. She goes, we never supported you. We honestly didn't really know what you, she goes, we didn't really know what you were doing. But, but she said, when you shared, we understand now why you're there and what you're doing, and we want to start supporting you, and here's our first support. Mm -hmm. It was enough money to get, get us all the way to Monterey. It was cash. It, was, it wasn't a check. It was cash. It was like, how did God know that? God is so smart. It just amazes me sometimes. When the gift comes at just the right time, isn't it wonderful? If you have your Bible, go with Galatians chapter 4. Galatians is in all the Ian books. They're all together, and it's the first one of God's electric power company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. In Galatians chapter 4, it talks about the timing of Christ's coming. In verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Another version says, at just the right time. When the fullness of time had come, at just the right time. There is a, a time for everything. Ecclesiastes, is, and the birds tell us that. Um, you know, there's a time for everything, everything under the sun. And Jesus came at just the right time, which means he wasn't late and he wasn't early. That means that, that everything that happened in history God was waiting for just the right time to send Jesus to be born as a virgin because the scriptures foretold it, to be born uh, in Bethlehem, to become the Savior of the world. At just the right time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. From the moment that creation was, was broken by sin, God began... Uh, to unfold His plan, um, to restore us, to rescue us, uh, to restore and rescue everything that He had made. He had made everything um, in, in perfection. In the Garden of Eden, it was wonderful, it was perfect. And when sin entered in, it changed everything. Now, God knew that, and so unfolded, began to unfold His plan to redeem us. And boy, you know, sometimes we think, God, Jesus, when are you coming back? Everyone in the Old Testament waited 4,000 years until Jesus. They waited a long time for the redemption to come. 
He came and he reversed the effects of the fall. Why? Because he loved us so much. Motivated by love for us, he, he partners with us, with those who love and trust him. And he enacted the greatest rescue plan in history to save us, you and me, and the whole world from sin. Paul writes in, that, that when Jesus came, he was born to Mary. It was the right time or the fullness of time, the right moment in history to send Jesus. He went to great lengths to send Jesus at just the opportune time for us to live and to die for our sins. He loves us so much. He wants to be with us all the time. One of the things that's amazing is that when Jesus came, he came to meet us right where we were at. We didn't have to change first. We didn't have to become better. I've talked to a lot of people and you know, invite them to church and talk about the Lord. And they said, you know, I, I, need, I need to get some things straightened in my life before I do that. Do you take a bath before you take a shower? You just come. Come as you are. God loves you just as you are. He meets you right where you're at. I did a funeral yesterday. Um, very, very sad. 52-year-old uh, local woman died of cancer. Before this, uh, her two children died and a great nephew died. So, uh, so pray for the husband, Sean. He's a local. He actually came and helped fix our heater when it was down a few weeks ago. Um, he's lost two, two children, his, his wife, and um, it's tough. Beyond belief. But in part of the, the message, I said, you know, God loves you just the way you are. To everyone there, God loves you just. There were some rough people for sure. And I said, but, but he also loves you too much to leave you that way. See, he, he meets us right where we're at, and he comes to us right where we're at. But after he saves us, he begins to do a work in us. He begins to do the, the cleansing. He... He doesn't say, okay, I like you, but can you, can you clean up before we have a relationship? He doesn't do that. He, he begins to do the cleaning in our lives. It's wonderful. I look around the room and I look in the mirror every day and I see failure. You know, I don't think one of our stories includes no, fail, no failures. I think that, that if we had a testimony time, we'd say, you know, let me tell you about some of the times I failed. He meets us in our failures. He redeems and he restores. When we fail, Jesus is successful. When we fail, he is successful and he loves us into the family. According to Galatians 4, the, the full expression of God's love is demonstrated in our spiritual adoption. And I love the word adoption. We become his children by choice. There's something special about being adopted, and I know people who are adopted always feel this way. If they could understand the idea of what adoption is, when I love my kids, and you know I love my kids, but when my kids were born, they were mine, and I really didn't have a choice. I mean, 
you know, and, and they come out and there's, there's an issue with them, there's, there's really not a choice. You're kind of stuck with your kids. But you know what's amazing about adoption is that, that you go and you look at these kids, whether it's in person or, or you go into a book or whatever, and you look at these kids and you go, I want that one. God adopts you. He looks at, his, at this world and he says, I want you. I choose you. And you're like, me? I'm, I'm the ugly one. I'm not talented. I'm bad. And he says, no, I want you. We've seen examples of, of, of amazing families who, who can do amazing things with certain types of children, and I just bless them, people who purposely adopt special needs children. That is such an amazing thing. And, and, when they, and they just have this, this grace upon them, and you think, wow, you, you signed up for this. Some people have special needs children, and, and God gives you the grace to to raise them, but there's some people who go, sign me up. And I'm going to be honest, that was never me. God would have to move on my heart. But then I realized that I'm special needs. (laughs) And God looked and says, I want that one. J.I. Packer, the former, uh, the late pastor, and commentator and scholar wrote, adoption is the highest privilege that the gospel offers, higher even than justification, because to be right with God, the judge, is a great thing, but to be loved and cared for by God, the Father, is even greater. Adoption is wonderful, and it's full of love, and we've all been adopted. Many of us live our lives every day missing the fact that God actually loves us. And when we miss the fact that we've been adopted into his family, we have a hard time loving ourselves. So in turn, we have a hard time loving others who are valued and treasured by God. The reason this aspect of Christmas shouldn't be missed is because it's central to us living the full lives that God wants for us. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1 just the next book over. Paul tells us about some of the benefits of being in God's family. Starting in verse 3, I'm going to read all the way through into 14 and, and listen to some of these things. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have the redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to Him, things in heaven and things on earth, in Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, 
so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in Him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Until we acquire possession of it, all this to the praise of His glory. As part of the, God's family, we're, we're made blameless in God's sight in, in verse 4. Our sins are washed away by His love. God's will and His ways, they're made known to us like a father would make them known to his child. We're chosen, it says, chosen to receive hope and salvation. We're marked with a, the, a seal. We're marked and given the Holy Spirit ensuring us that we are filled with the Spirit of God and that He never leaves us and that we'll inherit eternal life as one of His precious possessions. And all of this is made possible only because of the arrival of Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas at just the right time. In a few months from now, which we don't want to move ahead too quick, we'll, we'll be talking and remembering that he did all this through his sacrifice. He was born to die. One of the reasons that love is at the heart of Christmas and has to be at the heart of Christmas is because if we miss this being the central message of the season, it, with all the lights and the presence, we may never receive his love for ourselves if we miss it. We can't miss the love of God. And, and we have a difficulty receiving that love, some of us here this morning. Something that's tragic, it, it's an oversight, but it happens often, is that we give the kind of love that we believe and perceive is ours. So if you don't feel loved, it's hard to give love to somebody else. If we haven't experienced the grace of God, it's difficult to offer grace to somebody else. When we don't know the compassion of God, it's, it's really difficult to express compassion to other people. And, but if we can begin to recognize the, the kind of love that God has for us, it, it, it becomes the way we treat others around us. He who has been forgiven much loves much. When you come from a, people that come from loving homes tend to be loving themselves. We need to be able to receive that love. And there, there might be things that are hindering you from receiving love. Lies of the enemy, lies of your past, lies from your parents. All these things that have, have, have come to, together today to bring you to the spot that says you are unlovable, you are unworthy, you need to work harder, you need to be better. You are unlovable. We need to erase those lies from the enemy and look at the scriptures that says, for God so loved you while even yet you were a sinner. God loves you. He chose you, predestined you, adopted you, called you out of darkness. You're loved and you're lovable. Really what happens is we, we need to see that we're lovable and then act like it. 
But the people that don't act like it honestly don't think that they are. You are. I think the most famous passage, of course, about love comes in 1 Corinthians 13. We're in the neighborhood. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, just back a couple of books. For those who don't know, as soon as we start it, we normally just quote four on. But I want to start at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all that I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy, does not boast, it's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist in its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And then it says, as for prophecies, they'll pass away. In tongues, they'll cease. Knowledge, it will pass away. We know in part now. We prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away also, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. We see now in a mirror dimly, but then and when perfection comes in heaven, we'll see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now these three, faith, hope, and love abide, and these, but the greatest of these is love. Very familiar with that passage, we need to understand that John tells us that God is love. That God is all of these things. And that if God is perfect and God is love, He does these things and is these things with you. He's patient and He's kind and He, he doesn't envy or boast. He's not arrogant. He's not rude. He doesn't rejoice when things go wrong in your life. He rejoices when you understand the truth and when truth wins out. When it comes to you, He believes all things, bears all things, hopes all things. He endures all things. I like that. He, he puts up with us. We can miss the whole point if love isn't our motivating factor. Love like we've been given from God should cause us to be patient and kind to one another. It should really cause us to avoid being envious of other people or proud. It should drive us to honor others, even keep a cool head. You know, love is present when we avoid evil and we rejoice with good things. Does that sound like the love that you've received from God? Does it sound like the love that you display in your life? Somebody wrote this. If we use this verse and change the words during Christmas, it might sound like this. 
If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows, strands of twinkling lights and shiny ornaments, but do not have love, I'm just another decorator. If I work hard in the kitchen baking Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals and arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime, but do not have love, I'm just another cook. If I work at a soup kitchen and carol in the nursing home and give all that I have to charity, but don't have love, it profits me nothing. If I trim the spruce with shimmering angels and crocheted snowflakes and attend a myriad of holiday parties and sing in the, in the choir's cantata, but do not focus on Christ, I have missed the point. Love stops the cooking to hug the child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the spouse. Love is kind even when harried and tired. Love does not envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. Love does not yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful they are there to be in the way. Love does not give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who cannot. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. You know, the toys will break, the necklaces get lost, the earrings fall off. Golf clubs get put in the shed never to be used. But giving the gift of love will endure. This Christmas, we want to look upon the arrival of Jesus as the ultimate gift from God, the kind of gift where the only proper response is to receive. I pray that the love that you receive in your heart from God and understand correctly and truly will cause you to live out that love every day of the year. I said at the end of the service would be welcoming members, and the reason I waited is because first and foremost, we're members of the body of Christ. And in order to be a member of the body of Christ, you have to receive the love of God. Understand that God so loved me that he died for me. And that's the first requirement to be part of the, the, the body of Christ and also then the body of, of the Journey Church as a member. You have to have come to faith in Christ. One of the things that we do as members here is, is we are saying to each other that I will be there for you and I can count on you to be there for me. As a church, what we talked about in our membership classes that as a church, it's, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the boats, the long boats with the rowers on, you know, it's a, kind of a New England sport, you know, it was really long and they just go really, really fast and they're all in unison and they're, and they're you know, rowing there together and there's somebody at the front of the boat with a, 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 a megaphone. I actually saw one a couple weeks ago on a picture and there was a dog at the front of the boat. I guess he was calling out the orders. It was pretty cute. But, but they're calling out the orders, and everything has to be done perfectly in unison as they row these boats, and they go really fast, and they compete. And I, I was told that if you are rowing and you are competing in this together and your oar breaks, you jump out of the boat on time. The person up there, they, they practice this because now you're just dead weight. And so they're like, okay, we're, we're trying to compete here. We're trying to go somewhere, and your oar broke, so it's time for you to get out of the boat. And so they go, boom, boop, and they, and they just keep going. And 
And it's an interesting picture. The idea, though, is that we are in this going somewhere together. Your oar needs to be in the water and you need to be pulling. As members, that's what we're committing to. It, it means that, that I'm going to volunteer my time. I'm going to volunteer my resources. I believe in the mission and, and what, what the Journey Church it, believes in and where they want to go in reaching the lost in missions, in local things. So, so there's all of these statements being said as, as somebody comes and becomes a member and says, I love Jesus. I want to grow. I want to be part of this body. You can count on me. I want to support, but I also am going to count on you, the elders and the people in the body, to, to, to teach, to encourage, to challenge, to help you grow. This is the covenant that we have. They'll each receive in the mail, uh, or, or I'll hand it to them, a covenant that, that, I will, that the elders will sign and that they will sign, and this is a covenant agreement that we're doing life together. And so um, for those who have completed the, the, um, the class and you haven't been told any other reason, there's no one in that, that you know, there's nothing holding you back from becoming a member, if you desire to go ahead and, and, and identify with the Journey Church, I may have said Christian Center a second ago, the Journey Church is my home church um, this is my body. This is where I go. Anybody can attend. I want to say anybody can attend. We love it when anyone from anywhere attends. And you don't have to remember. We're going to love you. We're going to preach. We're going to, we're going to serve you. But this is a, a, the next level. Say, you can count on me. I'm going to invite you forward. And just go ahead and stand right, on, right in front of the platform there. And the elders are going to come in a minute too because we're going to pray for you. So if that's you, come on down. So you get to you get to know the you get to know their faces. There you go. David, I'm gonna turn on black mic. So we're we're not gonna put anyone too much on the spot. All we're gonna gonna ask is you to introduce yourself. And if you desire to say something of why you want to become a member of the Journey Church, you can, but you don't have to. Just, just a name is enough. And we'll start down here with you. Kenny Anderson. I've been going here for about a year, and I just uh, love being here. Yeah. Excuse me. My name is Suzette. And, you know, I used to see this church years ago. Because I live close by here, and I kept driving by this church going, God, that looks like a nice little place. Never came after all those years. But what I want to say about this church is um, I've been to many churches in my life. This one, I, and I share this with people, too, when they say, where do you go to church? I have never had so many nice people come up to me that I've never met and go, hi, I'm glad you're here. Always with a lot of love, a lot of love. And I've met many pastors and fathers and preachers because I was a rebel for years. But you, oh my gosh, pastor. I, I, you know, it's like you're speaking from your heart. There's anybody in here with addictions or this or that or anything. I mean, it's just like you're unreal. And this church is, and so is everybody here. And thank you. I'm Kathy Gibson. And um, Bruce and I have been attending for just over a year here. Um, and we just really feel that this is our 
found a home here. And um, that's all I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Bruce Gibson. I just want to volunteer. <laughs> I'm Scott Ward, and my family, uh, including my wife, Florinda, uh, and our two kids came up um, from Los Angeles and moved here about two years ago, and we were visiting some other churches, and I remember a pastor friend of ours and his wife were in town with us, and we were visiting another church, and I said, this isn't necessarily our home church yet. We're going to be visiting another church called the Journey Church uh, next week, and the lead singer for Journey is the is the for the rock band Journey is the pastor there, <laughs> Steve Perry, and he said, "Oh yeah, don't stop believing," you know, and so anyway, we did come and we've been coming ever since. So we're we're excited to become members. Well, <clears throat> Scott took all my ideas already. So, but I like Pastor Rob's gift always presentation. Well, let's stretch out your hands. We're just going to pray for each one as we go, and, and uh, Mickey and Joe, and, and just, let's just bless them. Welcome them into the, into the, the church family. Lord, we pray for these guys, and we just pray that they will um, just feel loved and cared for by the church body. Yes, Lord, Lord. That they will have lots of opportunities to love other people. And we just ask that your Holy Spirit would fill them and touch them all their days. Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we lift up these new members uh, to your care. Father, thank you for bringing them to us as part of our body. Help us to um, absorb them. Help us to make them part of the team. Help them to become part of our team. Thank you, Father, for your love bring them to us today. Father, we commit ourselves to them, to walk with them, help them grow, to laugh with them, to cry with them, to do life together. Father, we desire to, to grow together in, in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom here that you're building right here in Big Bear. Father, bless each and every one. Lord, we pray that the future is, is great and that you will use us as a, as a team, as a family, God, as an army, to make a difference in our valley. Thank you for each one as I've gotten to know them through the class and spending time. Bless us, Father. Bless us all. Even as we close the service, be with us this week before Christmas. Bring us all together back on Christmas Eve. Lord, help us to remember that, that the heart of, of Christmas is hope and peace and joy and love. Father, help us to be a witness to our families. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.
then Christmas Eve service, 6 p.m. Um, that's, that's it. Fellowship, love each other. Get a coffee in the back. I don't know if it's open today.